This is a Diet of Brussels. This is a interview debrief from uh, my day of uh, interviews on the first round uh, of interviews here in London. I stuck myself in the Royal Festival Hall, which is not the world's most suitable space for this kind of thing, but uh, we'll take our space where we can find it. What I want to do here is just think about some some common themes from uh, today's interviews whilst they're still fresh in my mind and whilst I'm just thinking about how this all fits together. I've talked to three very different organisations today. I've talked to UKIP, I've talked to Open Europe and I've talked to Business for Britain. Now, they take very different views of the EU, of the referendum. On the one hand, we've got UKIP, who are avowedly and unashamedly uh, in support of the UK withdrawing, and they think that the whole renegotiation uh, exercise is essentially a sham, and uh, that whatever comes out of it, that Britain should be uh, voting to, to leave the EU. On the second hand, we've got uh, Business for Britain, who take a much more conditional view, that they see the potential for reform, but I think it's fair to say when you hear the interview, you'll, you'll see that they, they consider that it's unlikely to end up with the, the reforms that they want and they think that Britain needs coming through. And so they're uh, going to find themselves almost certainly in a position where they're arguing for the UK to vote no. And they have a, a particular view of uh, what that post-membership future might look like. Now on the third hand, you've got uh, Open Europe, who have been a historically very sceptical group, but have become much more moderate and uh, pragmatic in their views. They've got uh, some ideas about what renegotiation should involve. They seem relatively confident that uh, movement can be made towards that. They they acknowledge that that's not all going to be achieved in... uh, or it's very unlikely to be achieved in a single renegotiation. But essentially their their view is that membership is uh, probably uh, a good thing, and that uh, that's the path that they would uh, end up uh, supporting. Although, outside of uh, a campaigning capacity, I think they, they, they see themselves very much as a group that's there to provide thoughts, reflection, uh, information, rather than campaigning materials. Now, what's interesting, I think, uh, is that all three of those uh, groups, those three individuals, uh, talk about the impossibility of the status quo in the sense that there is no status quo that the EU is a dynamic ever-changing object all three of them talk about how the EU is not going to stay the same over the next five ten years but is necessarily going to have to change not least because of the eurozone but also more generally that this this kind of institutionalized uh, desire if not requirements to always uh, add more powers to the European level now, differently, they, they see that as a problem uh, or simply as a situation. Um, but again, it's a reflection of one of the difficulties of talking about the EU, that it's a moving target. And I think I would have to agree with them that there isn't going to be a static position that is what we have now is what there will be and no more, that there will always be at the very least pressure for change, for modification. The second thing I think that, that's quite striking is that all of them seem to uh, accept that uh, there is a need for debate. So 
uh, that's a slightly self-serving point because, as you know, this whole podcast series is very much about trying to improve the quality of debate, inform people about uh, the situation, unpack ideas. But all three of them seem very sympathetic to that notion that uh, there's a sense that uh, debate has been uh, misguided, misinformed, certainly, and that that there's a, a real value in doing that. Now, that's, I think, a positive sign. Uh, what's interesting, though, as you'll hear, is that their, their conceptions, their understandings of the EU uh, vary between themselves and uh, from the kind of views that I've articulated myself. So uh, we have to acknowledge that whilst there's uh, an acceptance of the need for more information, more education, uh, that also comes with its own set of difficulties. So there are different views of how things are. And certainly, you know, I can say that from an academic perspective, that there isn't a settled view about what the EU is, what it does, what it should be, how it works. So think about some of these themes as you listen to these uh, interviews. Uh, Think about what these people want to communicate, what it is they're trying to articulate. Each of them has a strong uh, idea uh, behind it. Each of these groups has a focus, uh, an objective, coming at the, the EU question in very different kinds of ways. So I hope you enjoy these interviews. I've certainly enjoyed uh, talking to all three of these people. And as we go to uh, talk to some different groups, different people, we can draw out some more lessons, more themes as we go along.